Hi everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Creative Nature Podcast. It's the day before the solstice and I feel really giddy. It's been super light and beautiful and sunny the last few days in Scotland, so I'm just letting it wash over me and yeah, try to enjoy the good times and the light feelings. Um, I'm excited to share this interview with you. I'm thinking so much about what it means to be an artist and how that can be sustainable as a livelihood. And I really think that Tara Leva has so much wisdom and beauty and inspiration to share on that. I love how she takes inspiration from her landscape. And yeah, I think that's just such a beautiful way to relate to the world. And um, it made me think about colors and shapes and forms in a different way. I feel like I'm looking outside my window with kind of like a deeper sense of attention now so i hope you'll enjoy the interview as well um, my announcements this week are um the creative portal is starting tomorrow i've spoken about that in my last episode you can still join us even if you hear this in a few days time it's a three-month group program where we have weekly co-working sessions every sunday and it's a really sweet way to get together and make art or practice with your deck or just write whatever feels good to you in that moment. Um, it's a small group of really committed people and I love this way of ending my week. I'll link to that in the show notes. And then also tomorrow, no, the day after tomorrow, I'm starting my workshop series on podcasting. So if you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you're curious and you want to learn more, um, that series might support you in that and I'll link to it as well. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Hello, everyone. I am very honored and excited to speak to the wonderful Tara Leva today. She is such a wonderful artist and I always feel kind of comforted and inspired looking at her work. She also has a wealth of experience in teaching people to become more creative. And I'm just excited to hear more about how that's come about for her and what she things maybe people need because I know I need it. <laughs> I need creative encouragement. So Tara, thank you so much for making time. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah, of course. So let's begin by, I know that you're in a beautiful setting and I always like to ask people where they are in the world and what nature is like around them. Yeah, um, well, I'm really fortunate because I live right by the sea in Cornwall in the southwest, uh, far west of England. And um, literally I'm sitting in my kitchen right now and looking out across the garden and I can see two horses in the neighboring field and then the sea right across to the other side of the bay. Um, so there's sort of big sky and it was sunny but now it's clouded over a bit but it's just a, it's a beautiful place to live and it's a really just comforting and inspiring view I find. Yeah I bet it really shows in your artwork and I always love seeing you know you share um, your behind the scenes uh, little peeks so yeah that's beautiful. What is your creative practice like at the moment? I'm so curious, like, what do your days look like? Are there any materials that you feel particularly excited about? Or is there anything that you're working towards? And tell us as much or as little as you like. Yeah, uh, that's a great question, actually, because I've just spent the morning in the studio, which I haven't had 
enough time to do recently. So I'm in kind of one of those transition phases where, and I think a lot of artists will probably relate to this. Um, if you've had a break or you've had time away doing something else or using your brain in a different way, and then you go back into your studio or into your practice, it's almost like I get in there and I think, oh, I can't remember how to paint. And I literally just play around. I have to do sort of warm ups for half the morning just to kind of remember how I make marks and how I use my materials. And also thinking about where I want to go next because I tend to work in collections. And after each collection is finished, there's generally a pause um, in terms of my studio practice. And I'm always thinking about it. I'm, I always think, you know, I'm sort of, I'm painting all the time, even when I'm not actually painting, but there, there does tend to be this break between collections and then getting back into it and having new ideas about what I want to do next and kind of starting that next chapter, if you like. Um, it can take a bit of time to get back into um, more than I usually think it will. I seem to forget every time. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. I've um, been doing a lot of work on the teaching side recently. So now I'm sort of trying to get back into starting the next collection. And it's it's a bit slow and rocky, but that's kind of how it always is. So I'm used to it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's nice to hear that I'm not alone <laughs> in, that, <laughs> in that challenge. And yeah, just always, I think because we're all kind of working in our own little bubbles so much of the time it's always good to hear what it's like for people um yeah yeah no I, I completely agree right? and I think also that that idea of transition like we don't I don't hear artists talk about it that much but I for me anyway and I know I've talked to other artists and creative people um about it you know it's very much a kind of it feels it can feel quite challenging, especially if you're not used to it. Like it, it feels like a dead time, um, like winter, <laughs> but you kind of feel like nothing's happening or you, you can start worrying that it's never gonna come back and things like that. And I think it's just really important to remember that that is part of the process as a whole. It's not a time of nothingness. Yeah, so important to remember. Mm. My next question is really, it could go in so many different directions. So feel free to, yeah, talk about what speaks to you the most, but I wonder how the pandemic has changed your work and what matters to you at the moment. We're in this, so we're recording this in January, 2022. So we're just about to approach the third year. And I know things have changed immensely for people. And I think what we are exposed to changed so much, right? Like we're, we're so much more online and um, at the same time, maybe connecting with our local landscapes more, but being around people a lot less. So I wonder how that has changed your work and how you kept yourself going and, yeah, what is important to you right now? Yeah, um, I think there's a number of things. I think probably the overarching thing is that, and I imagine this is true for lots of people, actually, it's really forced me to slow down, um, not just in terms of my my life if you like but slow down everything like my practice and how I look at things and how I make the work and it's kind of I remember at the beginning of the first lockdown back in March 2020 and everything was like really frightening and unknown and we didn't really know what was happening and you weren't allowed to go we weren't allowed to go more than an hour's walking distance away from our homes so I used to go down to the beach um I live on top of a cliff 
Um, so I used to walk down to the beach and there's a lot of rock pools there. And I got really fascinated by just sort of staring into the rock pools and thinking about them as these kind of tiny universes, like little microcosms. And that produced a, a new collection, which was quite different from my previous work. I mean, typically my collections, they do tend to be quite different from each other, but this was quite a departure. But it was very much about that idea of slowing down, looking deeply into something and going inward. And I'm very, um, I'm very naturally inclined that way anyway. <laughs> so I didn't need that much encouragement, but I think that idea of slowing down was, has been an extra layer of it for me because I'm very much a kind of action taker. As soon as I have an idea, I'm on it, I'm doing things. I really like being in action, um, but because we were sort of forced to stay close to home and that kind of thing, it really slowed me down and it made the work have a greater sense, well, I'd like to think, of um, immediacy. And my art's very much to do with the sensory experience of being in nature, very much about being immersed. Um, I do a lot of sea swimming. So it's about being immersed in that sort of cold, salty water and experiencing nature in the sort of 360 degrees. And um, yeah, it just, it, I think it brought all that to the fore. And my work since then has been very much focused on that kind of intimate, sensory, immediate, here and now, this is what's happening. So it, they're not really landscapes that you can look at as something far away, they're a landscape that you can be in right now. Um, and for me, that feels really important and significant to how I make the work. Um, so I think in terms of that, yeah, it's just been a real sharpening of a view I perhaps already had. Um, but it's definitely come through in the work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I see that it's really beautiful. I feel like when I look at your paintings there, yeah, like you said, not, not landscapes in the distance, but they feel so intimate and beautiful. And I can almost, it feels like you can touch them and really be in them, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> it's something I'm always aiming to get across and it's it's really difficult actually um, in some ways it's very difficult not to paint what you think you're seeing and to paint from a kind of feelings perspective it's something that you have to it's like a touchstone in myself I have to always come back to remind myself that's what I'm doing because the default is to you know it looks like this and then try and make it look like this so I appreciate that thank you yeah Ah, I wonder, I would, well, I would love to hear a little bit more about how you came to do this work and if you've always identified as an artist or if that was something hard to claim and really embody. And yeah, I guess if, if there's anything that you wish you had known sooner about being an artist and that you would like to share with people. Yeah, um, well, I think I'm probably one of those people that would say they were always an artist, you know, even from a very young age, I was very into making things with my hands. Um, that was kind of how I felt most like myself. Um, and I studied it all the way through school and beyond. And then it sort of went away for a long time. I had a lot of periods of very, very crippling depression over about a 20 year period. And it made, as anyone who's experienced that will know, it, it kind of takes away the creative impulse or, or really the energy or the inspiration, all of that sort of goes just while you're trying to survive and get through it. So it went away for a long time. And then I remember after one particularly bad breakdown, I 
that was when I moved. I was living in London and I moved to Hove on the south coast. And um, that, that's when things started changing and I tried some new modalities for getting well and my art started coming back and I got really into it. I was really kind of just trying everything and that was quite the early days of online art courses and classes. Um, so there wasn't anything like as much available as there is now. Um, but I just, as soon as I discovered, you know, there were people writing about it on blogs and selling courses and I just couldn't get enough. So everything started coming back then. And that was around, I want to say 2008. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, ever since then, it's just sort of been a, a daily feature in my life. Um, I've forgotten the second part of your question. <laughs> oh, what you wish I'd known sooner. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it makes a lot of sense to me what you said about depression and the creative impulse. I think I really noticed that in myself when when I haven't had, you know, the impulse to make something for a while. I know that is a slippery slope for me. But yeah. uh, the second part of my question was kind of, what, we, what do you wish you had known sooner you know, being someone who's always been creative, that's so beautiful. And and I bet that you maybe also had moments of doubt of whether you can actually do this. Like, is it allowed to be an artist? Um, what, what has helped you through those moments of maybe imposter syndrome or just feeling too exhausted to make things? Yeah, um, I will say that I don't experience depression anymore, but I do have quite high levels of anxiety. <laughs> um, so I, while I'm very grateful that the, the, the depression seems to have sort of gone out of my body, it's a frequency I don't really seem to operate at anymore, but the anxiety is an issue. And absolutely, like anyone else, you know, I go through phases of <clears throat> feeling like a fraud or having imposter syndrome or having self-doubt about whether I can actually really do it, whether my work is quote unquote good enough, um, all that kind of thing. I think that's all just very normal stuff, very normal part of being an artist or a human being. Um, in terms of what I wish I'd known sooner, I think, <laughs> I think I kind of wish I'd known that everything takes way longer than you think that it's going to, um, or more importantly, than you think it should. And I think I see this creating a stumbling block for a lot of artists, other artists as well, and people online that I um, support or teach, is this idea that like, I think we've been trained that everything should happen really quickly because the internet's so fast and it's so such a part of our lives now. And actually with something like art, um, which is for me very much tied in with, with life. So the process of making art for me is like this rich mine of life lessons all the time. It's always teaching me about how to live, how to be a human, what kind of person I am, where my um, where I struggle or where I'm strong, that kind of thing. And I think that's part of the beauty of it, but it is also very slow and it's a lifelong process. So I think, and especially for me, that sort of played out on the more business side of being an artist is it's been a lot slower than I would have liked um, in terms of bringing income. But again, that's just, um, I mean, I'm sure there are people who've done it much quicker than me, but I think there's something about honoring who you are and allowing the process to unfold and not trying to force it and control it, which is something I personally find quite difficult. Um, so I think what I wish I'd known sooner was that it was all gonna take a lot longer and that that's okay. Yes, oh gosh, I can't tell you how much I resonate with that. <laughs> 
I think we're really setting ourselves up for disappointment with the pace that we are modeling for each other, right? I um, I'm not on Instagram anymore, but I definitely know that the first few years of my business being on there and or being on Facebook and seeing those ads and success stories that really just tell a small fraction of what really unfolded for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, yeah, it, it's not good. <laughs> and I think even if we are critical of it and we know that things just take time, there's something about that that I think really reaches our subconscious and it feels dissatisfying to see that it then actually takes much longer when you're in the work and you're doing it. And and I also think it maybe takes away of, of us allowing ourselves to commit to a lifelong practice and hold that really gently. You know, like I I have always wanted to be an artist in some ways and I've always found it really hard to really own that for myself and speak to it and also take action on it. And now I'm like, I'm taking these drawing classes, no longer thinking that I'm not an artist because I can't draw, but just feeling like, yeah, you know, this is something I really want to learn more about. And that will be sometimes more technical, sometimes more experimental. Sometimes it's about accessing emotions. Sometimes it's about making something look realistic and that will shift and change over time. But it doesn't really matter because I'm committed to this practice for the rest of my life and that feels so peaceful and I think for me that had a lot to do with not being on Instagram anymore to be honest yeah 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 I mean I followed your your exit from Instagram and I've listened to your your podcast episodes about that and I was really fascinated and slightly envious I have to say um I mean Instagram it's it's a bit of a double-edged sword I think but yeah I mean everything you just said really just reminded me that like the way that I see it and I try to encourage uh, my students and members of my um, membership to really take your um, your direction and your focus from the inside rather than the outside because we're so trained from childhood you know the school system that someone outside you is going to tell you if you're good enough by some arbitrary measurement that you have nothing to do with and it sort of I think it does train us it's certainly been true for me to want someone else to tell us that we're that we're artists or that we're doing okay or that we're learning fast enough or or whatever it is and I for me personally it's been such a helpful reframe to take that focus and put it back inside first so I am always the first point of um not judgment that's not the word I'm looking for but I'm always the first one that I go to so rather than asking someone else to comment on my work or to help me with it I make sure I'm the first person that I check in with. And when I finished a painting, I make sure that I'm I'm happy with it and that then anybody else's opinion either way isn't going to affect me, whether it's positive or negative. And that has been a real game changer for me. Yeah, I bet. That's, that's a really beautiful reminder for me too. Yes. Pleasing ourselves. So good. <laughs> <laughs> it's practice, but worth yeah. doing. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so you kind of already mentioned this a little bit. You are also teaching online courses and you have this membership. And I wonder what that has been like, how it's changed again in the last two years. I think people have turned more towards this kind of work. But um, what do you see is really working for people and what, what maybe isn't working for people? Because I know there's a lot of listeners who also want to just make more space for creativity in their life. But like all of us, we're experiencing challenges in actually staying engaged and 
being discerning with what we commit to and then following through and making the time. It's not easy when you have a lot of different commitments. So yeah, I would love to hear what you see and what it's been like for you as a teacher. Um, yeah, I think the whole pandemic situation, I've noticed, especially since the beginning of this year, because for me, and I know a lot of other people, the new year is kind of a, a clean slate. There's that kind of slightly excited energy of, you know, so much potential and whatever. And for me, and I've noticed a lot of other people talking about this, there's that feeling now of like, just fatigue and overwhelm and I think it's that kind of backdrop of two plus years of of everything being upside down and so many terrible things happening and people really suffering and however it's impacted us each of us differently you know it has had some impact and it's not over so it's it's an ongoing difficult thing to deal with and I think when you have that in your life and you know that's on top of we all have our own personal things ongoing that we have to deal with. It is exhausting and it is difficult to find the time to do things for yourself or to, especially if you've got feelings of like the need to put other people first or that you you are not valuable enough to prioritize and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, in some senses, I'm fortunate that way because I live on my own and I run my own business. So my time is my own, which I mean, that comes with its own stuff. It's sometimes quite difficult to stay motivated to do the things I know I need to do. But I think, yeah, this kind of backdrop of fatigue has really had a huge impact on people's um, ability to keep faith, um, in everything and in themselves and to make that time um, and to put enough value on what can often seem quite frivolous or unnecessary, which obviously I'm biased, but I 100% disagree with that. I think we're creative beings. It's, it's in our nature, all of us in some way or another, whether you're an artist or a musician or however it comes through in you. Um, I think that's just so important that we do give time to that. And I, I see people really struggling with that at the moment. And it's been something that I'm also finding quite difficult. I mean, even just getting in the studio this morning, I really had to talk myself into it and, and then talk myself into staying there. Um, so yeah, I think that hasn't helped, but I think there's so much available now as well, um, which in itself can feel overwhelming. There's a lot of online courses, as I was saying, um, a lot of different sort of support, uh, different means of support out there. Um, and obviously what I offer is just one of many. Um, but I think, you know, giving value to ourselves and what we need is actually the best way to keep going and to not sort of give in to that fatigue and, and malaise. I don't know if that answers your question, but... No, it does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel the same. I think there's a real um, hesitation to even make plans for the year because there has been so much uncertainty and disappointment with plans that we have made over the past two years. So people are really tired. And yeah, often when I'm in Zoom groups that are on video, I just see so many tired faces at the moment. Wow. And I... Yeah, it is exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting to be in these experiences and to 
process the loss and um, just constantly adapt to changing situations. I totally agree. And I'm also really grateful about all the online spaces that have popped up. And at the same time, it can be overwhelming to choose the right one and to really commit to something. And I think, um, yeah, part of what I really appreciate and how you do things is that um, you're offering people to become part of a community. And that's something I'm trying to do as well. And I think for me, at least, it has really helped over the last two years to kind of, you know, pick one or two or maybe three at the very most um, communities that I can be part of over a period of time rather than doing this like very fast paced online courses where you're kind of in and out and you don't really get to know people because that's where I draw motivation from because you're right, it is hard to live alone and to stay motivated and to talk yourself into staying, you know, staying in the room and doing the thing. And a word that really comes up for me a lot at the moment is self-trust. Um, because it can feel so chaotic, I think. And and I know that's not just in the UK, but there's been a lot going on here politically. There's been so much back and forth and how things have been handled. And it just feels frustrating sometimes that you're left with a lot of responsibility about how you want to handle things and how you want to navigate and negotiate that with other people and, you know, be that on public transport or with your friends. And so I think, I'm trying to lean into self-trust and remembering that whatever happens, you know, I can keep my house really tidy. I can, um, I can show up for my creative practice. I can look outside the window and there are still beautiful things I can give myself that I can do with my time. And it doesn't really, you know, that's independent from what's happening outside of that. Um, but I would also love to hug gr big groups of people again. Not going <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting actually what, listening to you talking about community. And I mean, I'm very introverted. I'm very solitary. I need probably 95% of time on my own. And I really thrive with that. But I've noticed that since the pandemic, um, and as you say, there's been a lot of communities popping up and that word has become much more of a thing, I think. But I, I have also quite surprised myself in in wanting that wanting to feel more connected than as you say you know a sort of course where it's all quite quick and then it's done and it's over and and you're sort of left feeling a bit like oh I, I, I'm not I'm not finished I want more you know and I think part of me um, starting my own artist membership with a with a private community has been you know as much for myself as anything I think you know we all do need to be connect to feel connected even if we we're not you know able to hug someone or or whatever it is we want to have that feeling and I think that's really important as humans to have that feeling of connection and I think the community aspect has actually been quite, something quite beautiful that's come up from such an awful time yes absolutely yeah I agree mm. so if people are listening to this and they're like yeah you know that makes sense to me I also want to feel more creative in my day-to-day -day life but just finding it so hard to make time and and getting organized and is there anything that you would like people to know or something maybe that in your artist community has really helped people to give themselves that little bit of accountability which yeah like we said is is really quite hard <laughs> yeah I was actually going to say accountability is something that I personally found and I hope that that's you know something I can offer um, to my own members is that that sense of that you're not making art in a void 
which is, you know, when you're making art, for most of us, it is a very solitary thing. You know, you're sort of squirreled away in your studio making, and especially, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get in the zone that day, it's like, you're not even there anymore. But then that can, after a while, start to feel lonely. I think we need to have that sort of, that's like the first half of the circle. And then the second completing half of the circle is that connection with others, showing the work or selling the work or connecting with other artists to talk about the work or about process or about things you're struggling with right now. Because there's always, that's one thing I've learned so just over and over is there's always someone else who's going through exactly what you're going through right now, even if you think it's the weirdest, most unusual, unique problem. <laughs> there's always someone else who totally gets it. And to have access to that, to, to have someone else be able to say, oh yes, me too, and this is something that I found helpful. I think that's something that the community aspect can really help us with. And I think also for me and for a lot of other people I know who identify as introverts or, you know, just a bit quieter or whatever, having access to that online has been a real game changer because you can dip in and out as suits you. You're not bound to any specific times when perhaps you don't feel like it that day or whatever. Um, and you can just take from it what you need and give back as well. So you're again, completing that circle. So I think having that sense of accountability in practical terms, in, you know, things like on a Monday, I'll often post in our community and say, what are you working on this week? So that we can, people can share and talk about or ask questions. And then maybe on Friday, we'll um, check in and see how we all got on. Just little sort of markers like that can be really helpful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I feel the same. I love Monday accountability posts. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to circle back to something that you touched on in the beginning. And this is something I'm so curious about. So um, wait, <laughs> let me think about how I'm going to phrase this question. You were speaking to, you know, painting more from the emotional experience and the sensory um, experience of being in the moment in in a place of nature that's meaningful to you and maybe stepping away a little bit from what we think it should look like and I think for me my particular flavor of imposter syndrome is very tied to well I'm not able to make things look like the way they really look <laughs> you know so there's stuff around representational drawing and um, communicating things or I guess having an image in my head and and struggling with that not coming out quite the same way that I had imagined it. Um, but I really love what you were saying about communicating an experience in, the, in a different way, you know, and it doesn't always have to look exactly the way it did look. But how do you get into that headspace? How, how does that work for you? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> Anything about process, I get very excited about. And, and also, this is something I... I come up against myself all the time in my practice and I see it everywhere. It's just so normal because we are so well-trained to think that quote unquote good art is realistic or representational. Um, again, you know, sort of from school and training and things. Um, and I will say it's really difficult. <laughs> and I don't want to put anyone off by saying that because it's difficult in a good way, I think. But you know, we are sort of up against that habit of thought or, or practice of like, you have to be able to draw something, how it looks um, in order for it to be valuable in some way. Um, and it is a mindset shift to go from that to 
okay, but how do I want to express it? What does it feel like in my body when I'm experiencing this thing or when I'm thinking about this thing or remembering this thing? Um, what kind of colors does it feel like or sounds or um, what kind of marks does it make for me that it, you know, in the way that it feels? I mean, just this morning I was painting on a wood panel and I pulled up on my phone a video I'd, <clears throat> excuse me, a video I'd taken recently of the sea, just waves coming in over stones. And it makes such a good noise. <laughs> and I put, I held the camera over the painting and looked at the painting while I was listening to the sound of the sea. And it's that kind of, because I'm not swimming currently for various reasons, partly because it's absolutely freezing um, and I've lost my acclimatization. But having that kind of bringing together of the invisible things is a key part of it, at least for me. Um, but it is a mindset shift. And I think we do have to kind of practice, like with anything that you want to change for yourself, you have to practice looking at it in a new way um, and not feeling like it has to look like something in order to be good or acceptable or valuable in some way. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but oh, yeah. It yeah, it really does. Thank you so much. I think that's exactly what I needed to hear actually. And oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you. Gosh, Tara, I could speak to you for ages, but I wonder if, firstly, if there's anything else you feel like you haven't gotten the chance to speak to yet that you would like to share. And then secondly, um, what you're currently offering, you've touched on this a little bit and then let us know where people can find you as well. Yeah, sure. Um, one thing I would say, just while we're talking about process and how things are quite difficult right now and stuff, and I know that this really helps me, so maybe it will help somebody listening, is to always come back to having an experimental mindset. And this is something I, I've sort of done from the start. And I think it is partly my nature, but also as a practice, it is transformative. And I don't say that lightly. It can make the difference between struggling and getting stuck and experiencing what I call the demons. So, you know, self-doubt or <clears throat> procrastination or feeling like a fraud, all those things. Um, if you can hold the whole thing as an experiment, you know, I'm going to try this and see if it works and if it doesn't that's okay like it just enables me anyway to hold it much more lightly and to allow myself to uh, make moves I might not make or try something new and maybe it doesn't go anywhere and that's okay um, so I just kind of wanted to say against the backdrop of what we were talking about with the fatigue and the uncertainty and how it's just ongoing is like for me adopting that experimental mindset about as much as, uh, as I can um, it really just makes a huge difference and makes my creative life much richer and more fun, <laughs> which is not to be underestimated. Yeah, um, thank you. That's, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of all over the internet. Um, my main website is taraleva.com. Um, and that's the one that I started with and it's where my blog is. And there's like, nearly 10 years worth of posts there so there's plenty to be reading um and then my for the teaching side of things I've got the happyartiststudio.com um I'll give you the links and then you can share them um but that's where the membership lives and I'm really excited about what we've got coming up this year I'm trying a new thing experimental in fact <laughs> called the happy artist life experiment 
um, which is going to involve us doing monthly themes, um, focusing on monthly themes within the membership community, just to have that bit of extra accountability and, and structure, but without being too rigid, um, because I think a lot of artists, <laughs> at least the ones I know, we tend to resist too much structure, but having a little is, is also helpful. Um, so we'll be doing that, um, and that starts at 1st of February, um, but the, the membership is open all year round and people can join for a month and see what it's like, or they can join for a year and get two months free. There's lots of ways to approach it. Um, so yeah, that's at happyartistudio.com. And then I've got another website, which is my own work, and that's at taraleverart.com. And that's where all my own paintings are and my art shop and things like that. Beautiful, thank you. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. If people haven't had a chance to uh, write that down, it will all be there. Thank you so much, Tara. I feel really creatively nourished and inspired and have some really good new thoughts about how I want to approach my practice and see things. So thank you. Oh, great. I'm really pleased. And thank you. It's been lovely talking to you.